want to welcome everybody to this episode of the Mauer Report. I'm excited about tonight, but we've got to touch the brakes and remind everybody the views and opinions of this show are those of the host and guest and do not represent any sponsors, affiliates, or anybody else. Having said all of that, I hope you go over to duckpond.shop and pick up a t-shirt or a coffee mug or whatever else that you see that catches your fancy. Good time to do that, I promise you. Um, enter a promo code Mallard at checkout and save some, save a few bucks. So it's always good for the holiday season. We're going to be running that. But enough about saving money because, well, we're going to make some money tonight, I hope. Well, maybe. I think somebody will pick something up out there and make some money off this. My guest tonight is Jennifer Flo. Furpo of J Visions. Is it just J Visions? I want almost wanted to throw marketing on there, but I don't want to put too many words on your company name. It's J Vision Advertising. Advertising. See, good thing I stopped and paused and got it got it right. So how are you doing tonight, Jennifer? <laughs> I am very well. What about you? I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to have you on. We've been talking for a couple weeks now about different things about the show, but now I get the opportunity to, because I know you've noticed that there are moments that I, we just were having casual conversations about some things with the show and I'll pause and say, I've got to save that for when we have you on the show because I'm, I'm interested in you now instead of you being interested in me and we're working the other dynamic now. So let's get to this. How's that sound? Well, thank you for having me here and yes, let's get started. So, Let's, let's go back. What got you interested in marketing and advertising way back, whenever? That- well, I did a bachelor's degree in advertising design, like uh, around for 2014. And since I was a little kid, I always had a dream that I was presenting to others like different ideas. And that was the main like idea that it hit me. I need to be in advertising so I can promote and tell others what I do and what I, I like to offer and how to promote their products. So... It started as a kid. So was there an advertisement in particular that caught your eye and said, I'm interested in doing that? Or was there a moment, like a definitive course of action? Because to go to school to do this, you've had to had some kind of inspiration to get to that point even. To be honest with you, I was taking on an English class, actually, with my family. And one day I just grabbed a talk and I was like looking at it. And it was there was this picture of Mickey Mouse. I was like, huh, let me just try to draw it on the, on the blackboard. I did it, and it came out exactly as the picture that I was looking at. I was like, huh, I'm pretty good when it comes to drawing. And then I always tried to play it around like I was dressing up like a, you know, professional, you know, um, how you call it, uh, with a jacket and a blazer that always presenting something different and unique. So that's how everything all started. But back in the Dominican Republic, it's not easy to go and study that career. Yeah, I was going to say, that's an important part of our your journey that we have to cross into here at this point as we're getting you kind of rounded up to form. Coming to America, how, um, I want to say difficult, but I, I know that's true because you've got family back there still and all this other stuff, so difficult is part of the word. Yes. But uh, tell, me, tell me a little bit about that decision and the journey to get here. Well, um, my dad was in the process to be here. Um, his, his sister was asking for the petition of their entire family. And because we were underage, we entered. And we came here around 2008, no, 2007, actually, uh, as a green card holder. And I was at around 20, 21 years old. And once you come in here for the first time, it's not that easy to go to college because many people don't know this, but if you are new in the country and you haven't been a resident, you have to be at least a year for you to start you know, going to college and to get some financial aid. Which has to make the process tough because you're in a foreign land and you have to wait a year. So, yeah. And then, obviously, you have to have the uh, academics to even get accepted after waiting a year. And not even that, you have to get a job, too. How are you going to pay it if you don't get full scholarship <laughs> or, like, you know, the entire financial aid to help you out? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, so there's a lot of factors in there that could have derailed the train early on, but you've made it you made it through all that, which is impressive, right? But then, yeah. I know, I know there I know there's a gap between college and starting your own company, so there had to have been some battles in there. I'm I'm not saying you have to you know get get yourself sued by slandering people, but talk to <laughs> us about the early days of learning the actual how do I say this business of this this part because obviously it, it panned into you starting your own company, so. 
Well, like I said, I came to this country around 2007. So for me, my first job was to be a hostess in a restaurant. And it was in order for me to get some money and go back and forth because my current husband was back in the Dominican Republic and he couldn't travel. And so I decided to work there and save some money to get married and come back. When I came back, as I was telling you, I couldn't go to college right away, but I never wanted to stop studying. I wanted to do something and not be stuck in the restaurant. So I went for a certificate as a medical assistant for a year to get a job like in an office and more like um, something more stable, I want to say. And then at the same time, I was trying to study, you know, my bachelor's. I did the whole bachelor's degree online. And then after that, I was pregnant of my first child. And I was doing three things, working and being pregnant and going to school online. So imagine how crazy was that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that that uh, added a wrinkle to your your career trajectory, I'm sure. Not saying it was a bad thing, of course, because I, ha- I mean, my children are great blessings in my life. I'm assuming you feel the same way about yours, but nevertheless, it does add another uh, dynamic to trying to get anything done. Yeah. So okay, so now you've you've got you got this first child, and now you're starting to get into the field a little bit, get done with school, and what what less? I mean, what 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 do you take away from those early days? I mean, because I know. Well, talking to a number of people that your college experience, the books that the books that you learned and what you actually go into the real world and start doing are often two different things. Yes, it's a complete different story. Like, yes, I did graduate um, from my bachelor's degree and I landed a job in a construction company. It was a small firm and I was helping the CEO, you know, basically being his assistant. But as a small company, I was working on the marketing um, aspect of it. I was helping him with the marketing campaigns that he was doing, like direct mailing. So that kind of gave me an idea of certain level of advertising. And after I was there for, I want to say like maybe two years, I landed my last job in a, as a salesperson when I was in the other side of the advertising industry. Because marketing and advertising, they come in hand. But if you don't know both sides, sometimes it's harder for you to stay into one path. And I've learned the strategy to sell, you know, advertising and marketing and present it, which is what I wanted to do since I was a kid. So I kind of struggled in between, you know, paths, but I made it through. Yeah, I was going to say, it's what I deal with, right? Because it's great to create the show. Right. This 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 is the highlight of my week. Right. This hour where I get to talk to the people. But now after it's over, there's the posting, the making sure this is done, this, that, and the other. The all the uh, the things that nobody sees and just magically happens. So <laughs> let's get a little bit more into the gritty stuff with you. So you start your own company, which is is great again. But then you, ha- I mean, it sounds great, right? I'm starting my own company, and then you realize all the work that goes into that. So. Take me back to that early moments of fear when you started your own company. Like, talk to me. Talk me through that. Like, was it easy for you? I mean, obviously you've overcome some stuff getting here and going through that process of getting through school. So it's not like battling through something is new to you. But here you are again, trying to do it again. Well, being honest, I was the moment that it hit me. I need to open my own business. It was around a year and a half ago. I was in my in my previous job. We were working, you know, have my accounts and everything was working fine. But sometimes when you feel that you don't have the entire power to make some decisions that will help your clients, that's when it hits you. Like, what am I doing? Like, I, I have all this experience and all these connections, so what am I doing now? So I'm not going to lie. It was a struggle for me to make the decision to actually make it on my own because, like you said, stability, having a family, and all together is especially when you are an immigrant. I know how many years I've been here. I am still a Dominican person, and I'm trying to open a business in the U.S., like how people are going to see me. But still, I took the first opportunity out of one bad experience with a client that I almost lost, and somehow I recovered, and it was because I couldn't make all the decisions that I wanted to into that project. But I think that's what it pushed me. Yes, it was really at the beginning, but if you don't do it, then when are you going to start? 
we are not. I mean, that's that's kind of the thing. I was talking to a, another podcast person last night, and I said, do you realize how many shows that I've been part of that we never, I mean, we all had the idea for the show, and we sat around and talked and talked, and then when it came time to pick the name for the show, we never we struggled, and, and that's where it, that's where it ended, with picking the name for the show. I'm like, I I sat there and just laughed, like that isn't the hardest decision you're going to have to make. And he's like, I know, but some when you're working with other people, vanity and all these other things get in the way of just picking something and going with it. I'm, I'm sure I could tell by your name you kind of got to that point where I got when I just picked the matter report and said I'm doing it. And uh, the name's just going to become the name. Oh, the name, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get it there. I, I, I'm fascinated because it's so it's so simple, but there, uh, there has to be a story there, obviously. Well, obviously, yes. You know my name. Even you had a, like, a problem pronouncing my last name, and that's why you were asking, how do you pronounce your last name? Because it's not a common Spanish last name either. And... When I was trying to think about it, like a name that it gets me out there, but it seems it says what I want to show off and what I want to demonstrate to people in my audience. It wasn't hard. It wasn't like it was hard, but at the same time, kind of easy. And obviously, I'm not gonna say Jennifer Purple because that's not commercial. I mean, I wish, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but my name is really different from the other Jennifers. It has double N, double F, and the Purple too. <laughs> don't even get me started. But um, one day I had a dream, and it says something in, in the dream that I had. It was like a vision. That's the word that I, I woke up with that word in my head. How? I don't know why. And then it hit me. I was like, okay, vision. It sounds like a television, but it's not television. And I said, Jay, vision actually sounds what I want to show the people, that I have a clear targeted not like image of what is advertising and what you need, how you need to get there and how to use it properly. And that's why you see that my logo that has like some waves of water because you see clear through water. And that's how the whole day vision advertising came out. I'm looking at your logo right now. And I, as you said, water, I seen it, but I hadn't yeah. noticed. I mean, the fine nuances of these things that are in play are fascinating to me. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because now I see it and I, it, adds a little, I don't want to say weight, because weight isn't the word, but it adds meeting, I guess, is what I'm saying. So, yeah. a year and a half now, so you're you're through the first 90 days, as I always joke with people, that's the hardest time to do anything, <laughs> right? Doing everything all together, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, what am I doing now? So, what kind of products and services, I mean, I, obviously I don't want this to turn into a big pitch for your business, but obviously we have to understand what you're doing so I can ask this next la layer of questions. So, what kind of things do you do? Because marketing and advertising kind of are broad terms, so let's get more into, drill down on you, and then we can drill down into what that means for people. Well, as an advertising agency, I like to differentiate myself as one-stop agency, and I don't want to focus on just one product. We focus in every single product that has to be related with advertising. For example, if you're looking for printing of marketing materials, yes, we offer you digital and offset. Uh, we also do videography and photography, editing, shooting, um, three, any type of videos, you name it, like 3Ds, 2Ds, live action, streaming, you name it. Anything that you can think of, animation, whiteboard animation, stuff like that, definitely, yes. Um, when it comes to uh, graphic design for those marketing materials that you want to print, we also help you out on that aspect. Uh, we also, and because I started my journey in the way that I did, I also offer consultations to give people tips and strategy how to become not just an entrepreneur, but also to open their own business and how I did the whole thing and how, you know, yeah. I'm doing what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been sharing some of those. So if people have been wondering why this sudden influx of your tweets, that's because of the stuff we've been working on and trying to work out. And, right. Uh, I, I find, I find, I mean, maybe not so much in the print aspect of what you do, but I find it, I, I'm learning more about, because I do everything digitally, but that still factors, it's all visual at the end of the day. If it's on a sheet of paper or... <laughs> on the screen, it kind. Of, I mean, while they are different, they are very much alike. The difference, the difference, though, is is startling to me because oh, you're going to love this. I was at <laughs> I was at a gas station the other day, 
and walked out of the bathroom, and they have these, you know, the bulletin boards, right? Right. And everybody sticks their business cards or they're selling what, well, I think one person was selling a bicycle, which seems ridiculous to me that people are still selling things like that in 2020, because, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and I, mean, I, and I, I say ridiculous because their email address was listed on this. Like, it's not like it was an old person who, you know, legitimately, like, they, you know, they had an email address on there plus a phone number. So it's like they, you know, there are options for this person to sell this besides flyer at gas station. Um, but the thing that catches my eye, and we had a little discussion about this the other day, is I, I seen a card for a roofing company, I think it was, or some kind of company. And they had a, a just one card, which seems backwards to me because I know that if I'm taking, you know, but they had their Q their Q code on there, and I went, I thought that was dead. And then we had a little talk about it, and you were kind of trying to bring me back around to saying, no, it's still here. So let's revisit that conversation for the people out there who can learn something from it. Well, yes, that's another part of our product, which, which is augmented reality. The QR codes are they're still around, but right now augmented reality is more powerful. And more convenient because you don't need you don't need a code. You can choose your own brand, like your logo, maybe like your photo. It depends what you're looking for. So you can it has like a trigger image inside of the. It's like a hidden message that you like. I don't know how to explain it. Like (laughs) that trigger image is going to be inside of that message. And let's say that you have a flyer and your logo is the trigger image. And once people scan that, scan that with their phones. Maybe with an app, if you need, if you have one, then that hidden message is gonna pop out to life, and that's what they're gonna see. Which is basically the same thing that the QR codes were doing. The only difference is that you're not gonna see the code anymore. So were QR codes too early, and everybody having a cell phone? Because when they popped originally, it seemed like it was labor intensive because you had to have download the separate scanner. Yeah. I, because I, I, you know, I, I thought. For years, like it was going to replace the uh, barcodes, and your packaging would get so much better because you wouldn't have to have that white, black, and white barcode. You could have uh-huh. your, and it never has. I mean, I guess there was some talk because of the outdated technology. Some places were using that it was going to take a while to get it fully integrated, which I understand. Right? I'm not stupid to believe that everybody's going to run out and upgrade their technology to scan this new technology overnight. But uh-huh. I, I've kind of thought maybe. Somebody would keep pushing it, like, untied, I guess. Like, you know, because then you could offer so much more as a, you know, like you scan it and you can learn more about it. Learn, you know, video, it could pop up a video about how great your product is. Like, Right. You can be but, creative about it. There's but different it, it ways just, to do it. But it. it just never seemed to click through, and I don't, I never understood why. That's the thing with the QR codes. Um, QR codes sometimes, like, if it has, like, something that is damaged on the code, automatically it's not going to scan. So that's the difference between the augmented reality and the QR codes. Let's say that, uh, like I was saying before, you have a flyer, and you want to fly it out to everyone saying that you have a podcast. But at the same time, you want to invite them to the next show, but you want to make it interesting, and you want to make it creative and different. We have your logo the information of your podcast, and then there's one trigger image that you're going to choose, like I was mentioning, maybe your face, maybe your logo, it depends on what you're looking for. Once you have that all figured out, the whole design is going to have this trigger image that I was telling you inside the design, and then when it prints, automatically will be in every single print. So the difference between the QR codes and the augmented reality is that, that you can have more effectiveness with the augmented reality and make sure, making sure that it's not going to be damaged when people scan it. And even though you might not see it out there, but McDonald's uses it all the time. YouTube, we're using it all the time. They're still doing it. And our phones, the smarter that they get, I think it's been like a year, maybe two years that they implemented inside their phones that you can scan augmented reality images and it pops up to life. Like whatever hidden message they have in there. Yeah, I, I got... Uh... I seen this the the Facebook meme about go search what was it shark or something like that on Google, and then you click the top one and it brings it up 3D in the room, right. right? So you can see it at scale in your room. And I went, oh boy, this. I mean, hey, it's really cool to have a shark in my room. 
<laughs> on one hand. On the other, it's kind of um, a bit weird looking for my phone and seeing a shark. But yeah, as this becomes more and more, you know, integrated, and it's great when you have kids, right? Because, hey, look, here's what a shark would, you know, how big an actual shark would be in the house. Are you sure you want to buy fish? Um, wait, no. <laughs> Like, sure, a shark. Why not? Yeah, why not a shark, right? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I know I'm guilty of this, right? I always sit around and say, well, how much better can things be on the Internet, right? Because it seems like we're all so connected and we all have, you know, we always joke everything available at our fingertips, right? And then you see something like that that blows your mind, or blew my mind at least. I don't know, maybe it won't blow yours, but nevertheless... um, so how much better can, uh, what is this, Internet 4.0 be than 3? Because Web.2.0 was a bunch of years ago. So I don't even know where we are in that conversation anymore. But as we're going forward, just as a immersive lifestyle, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be different. Yes. And um, actually, it's good that you mentioned that because it's true. A lot of people, they don't want to print. They, wanna, they don't want to do something that it was old school. Not just because it's that because it's never going to die, to be honest. Like, it's going to be out there. But when it comes to these new tools, even the social media itself, you need to implement these tools and people can make, like, you can make a difference. And the only way that you do it is by being unique. Like, what we're talking about augmented reality doesn't have to be in a printed piece. It can be even an email that you send. Like, let's say that you invite to everyone an email blast and then include that once they hit it on their phones, it will go automatically to your podcast on Apple or Android. So for me, I think it's magic. Like right now I'm holding a little table that it came in a Happy Meal. <laughs> and if you notice, it's just a small little table. But if you scan it with a, a McDonald's app, and I'm not making any you know, ads for McDonald's, they're not paying me or anything like that. Not yet. It's we can hope. Crazy. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy that what it, the way it works. Like you scan it with their app. And you see like a little um, cartoon, like running around the table. You're like, oh, that is amazing. And kids love that. Especially yeah, but, now that they just use the tablet and phones. Yeah, I think I think as we kind of grow into them having more access to things, and I think it's true in my house, if something is wrong with my phone, I'm not messing around. They know iOS better than I do. Like, there was a time where I could help people with it, and it's just like, Fix it. My, my phone isn't ringing anymore. Why is it? Why is it? Why is it ringing? And they're like, because you turned the little thing off. Oh, oh, you turned your volume down. That's how you do it. <laughs> yeah, okay. that's, oh, thanks. Bye bye. <laughs> thanks. I, I was confused there for a minute. You know, sometimes it gets away from you. you. Get a little old and forget those things exist on the on the phone. Well, uh, anyways, so we you, you mentioned print, right? And now. Yeah. This has been a long-standing topic of mine about the decline of newspapers. I mean, obviously, it's not a. I'm not breaking news to you. I'm sure that newspapers are going sideways at best. We'll say sideways. (laughs) Do you still have people wanting to advertise in newspapers, or honestly, before COVID, it was a hit. Believe it or not, for events, still like people do banners, posters invitations because they think it's more personal when they send up like a physical invitation to you instead of sending an email and printing is not going to die it might not be exactly as it was before and it might stop because of the pandemic that we are going through right now people don't want to touch anything you know to try to avoid a pandemic but it's not going to die it's there like you see all the billboards even though some of them are changing to digital but not everyone wants to do that they want to have their logo printed everywhere, even a cup, even a pen. It doesn't have to be a paper. It could be anything. Yeah, and that's the, I guess you mentioned COVID, and I hadn't even crossed, I guess it had crossed my mind, but we were just kind of moosing, moosing, moosing? That's not even a word. You you were mentioning making up Spanish words earlier. Or not making up Spanish words, but using them on You're me. You're making Spanish words without knowing. Spanish. I'm just I'm just making up English words as we go along here, so I think you owe me one. Um, <laughs> uh but that has to be, I mean, so let's, let's go there. We're there. So that starts to hit. And obviously, 
how the world functions has has changed and will continue to change because obviously but so how does it look different today in November than it did like I guess last November we can just go off that let's say March before March okay yeah everything was going smoothly printing everywhere videos perfectly COVID hit people stop asking for printing like I said they don't want to touch anything that is printed they don't want they want to stop the spread just in case it might not work that way, but, you know, better to avoid. But honestly speaking, once that hit, I started thinking, so how am I supposed to stop now when I just started? Like, how can I continue doing it? Yeah. And that's when it hit me. I'm going to do a YouTube channel. I'm going to talk about what I offer. I'm going to promote myself as a company and also as an entrepreneur that I can show around other people how to do it. I'm going to increase myself through social media. And that's another thing that's like, why I'm going to stop just offering one service when I can also offer the whole package. Maybe printing is not working now, but we can do something else. What about social media branding or any marketing campaigns through social media? Yeah. And I mean, that's what's relevant today. And there's always going to be a place for social media marketing. I mean, (laughs) it isn't going anywhere, gang. And all of those people, this is my opinion. Excuse me for a second. Look look into the camera here. Those people who claim they're leaving Facebook for Parler or any of these other fun little sites aren't. Thank (laughs) you. We've heard this before. They'll be back. So if you if you want them if you want them gone from your life, delete and block. Oops. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, not sorry. That moment brought to you by me. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But. You did a video oh, two weeks ago, maybe. Correct me. You're going to correct me because you're going to know which one I'm talking about. The different social media platforms. And I've been sharing it a bunch on Twitter just because I like driving people nuts. And it always it draws reactions from people because every everything social media content related always brings out the, I don't want to say the worst in people, but they're very protective of their social media of their site. And even though I'm on a bunch, right? I'm a, I'm a Twitter person, so I'm protective. I mean, not protective, but I will fight you tooth and nail that it works and it reaches and it does good things. So let's go through them a little bit and see maybe there's subtle differences. And I, I think the other problem that I know I've been trying to get better about myself is I can't run the same, even though I do. Maybe I shouldn't tell you this because you're going to be on me about it. I can't run the same the same spigot or same copy on LinkedIn as I run on Facebook as I run on Twitter. No. It, each platform works differently. Believe it or not, if you want to post the same thing, it's not going to work that way. Probably you know a lot about Twitter because you've been used to it often. Because it worked. Because so, yeah, it worked. It does so when you get so there, how does it work? Yeah, that's, how does it that's work? A trick. How yeah. does it work? It doesn't work the same as it did a couple years ago either. So yeah, go ahead. <laughs> true, true. No, yeah, actually, um, I made that video for that because a lot of people they think they can like you have a podcast and you think you can have every single social media platform that is out there. You it's can good for you your can, business. You can have them all, but you if you're yeah. not if you're not doing them, if you just have the account, they're not doing you any good. Exactly. <laughs> but if you don't have the time to use them all, because believe me, you need to have some time to, for each one. Yeah. It's not just like, let me post and it's going to happen. Like, there's no magic in it. You need to put the work on it. <laughs> Unfortunately. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> and, but that's the thing. That's why I made that video that you were uh, saying. It's because I want people to focus on the main ones that they need for their company industry. As me as an advertising company, I would, I would, I would love to have like a presence in every single um, social media platform, but how like how relevant is it gonna be for me to be on Pinterest, for example? Like, okay, I'm not selling products; I'm se- selling a service. It's different, so that's the way you have to see it. Yeah, what happened to Pinterest? By the way, it seemed to be a great thing there for like every everybody was slacking there, and now I haven't heard about it until you just mentioned it. Believe it or not, people use Pinterest. You it know, works wonders. <laughs> I've been trying, okay, my listeners out there, somebody out there is a guru at this, and I don't know them, and they're listening to this show. I'm trying to get better at Reddit. 
because that's kind of the gritty I can help that community kind of bit site. Right. And I'm trying to get better at it, but I'm not great at it. So one of my listeners out there will probably be the guy that says, Jim, come on, let's talk about it. So if you're that person, well, you know where to find me. Anyways, back to this whole other conversation we're having. Um, boy, I'm getting a little sidetracked here. I'm not sure if I like this part of me or not. Um <laughs> talk about everything okay so i I, i've talked about my you know everybody everybody who's listened to this show more than once knows i have this affinity for twitter but what's your preference for social media um linkedin i love linkedin because that's where the people that you're seeking that's my main audience yeah there i'm looking for people that are part of my career the same industry that i am but not just that that like other people, my competition, let's say, other advertising companies or marketing companies that are out there and see what they're doing. Because deliver or not, it's not that you copy the competition, but if you offer the same products, you can even partner with them and make more profit out of it and get the, maybe even get a bigger audience. It's, it works exactly like if you are an influencer and I'm trying to be an influencer, but if we partner together and we collaborate, then we can get better results. But LinkedIn, as a professional prof, uh, platform itself, helps you connect not just with your colleagues, but also people can see your potential as a professional. In I mean, in my case, as, as a professional advertiser. Yeah, I know that I go to LinkedIn when I'm, I don't want to say seeking guests, but I'm just kind of feeling out the smarter people in the room. Because, like I said, Twitter is my social media, and I don't always draw up the best type of people on there, as referenced I mean, by I'm Twitter. <laughs> yeah, right, as referenced by some of the comments that we were talking about, people complaining about different social media sites. So, it's good to have some uh, other people floating around, and um, it's amazing. And I also, like you, I I follow it to keep track. I, I keep track of radio immensely, even though we're not. I mean, I don't do radio. Obviously, I do this live internet thing that goes around the world, and it's totally different markets, but. Right. It's the traditional media version of what I do. So it's important. I, f- I think it's important for me to know what are the trends, what's happening, how many people are getting laid off this week. Because just like newspapers, radio is kind of in the downhill side of itself. And um, so it's interesting to see. And, of course, every time somebody gets laid off, they start a podcast. So it's kind of good to know. <laughs> It's good to know because they feel they, you know, have the skills to do it. And most, some of them, most of them, part of them, some of them. Oh, you got to start with something. <laughs> some of them, ha- some of them have the podcasting skill and some of them are just radio hosts who think too much of themselves. Whoops. I said it. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to get in trouble. I know. One way or the other tonight, I'm going to say something somewhere on the line. People are going to be mad. Hopefully mad at me. I don't think you've said anything to offend anybody yet. Which is deeply, which is deeply disappointing, actually. <laughs> Listen, everyone has a different point of view. You're free to say whatever you think is best. <laughs> but it's like you said, it's not trying to copy anybody because if you just start trying to copy people verbatim, you're just going to fall behind them, and you're just going to fizzle no matter what. But it's good to know what the trends are. I mean, I've seen more of these. I've been even thinking about doing some of these uh, overrated, underrated videos. Have you seen these going around? That these have kind of become the thing in the last week. On um, what kind of videos? Overrated, underrated. Like I'll say something like. Um, Actually, I saw Gary V from YouTube yeah. was doing that. Yeah, yeah. I see. I, I follow him too, and there's been a couple others. Probably people that follow him doing the same thing. By the way, yeah. I, I I love Gary, Gary my, Vayner. My next video is gonna be that. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I love Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, my wife does not love him because I leave him on, and he's obviously. If you have never heard Gary Vaynerchuk, go do yourself the favor. Not safe for work though. Just that's why she doesn't like him. I mean, um, the kids here they understand it. They know not to use it in school and these other settings, but he's a lit a bit high strung in it. But it's okay. But he's real. Yeah, I mean that's what I like about him. He, he definitely brings it to a whole different place. And I know I see things from a different perspective when I listen to him. And I, I love listening to him when he's not doing the speaking, but he's uh, answering people's questions. Yes. Because I, I you think know, it's I, called Tea with Gary or something like yeah, that? Yeah, Tea with Gary V. And I, I love those because that gives you, because I'm the host, right? I, I sit there and I, okay, so, and then I want to hear the answer. 
And then, of course, my problem is I sit there and want to ask the follow-up question. Of course, sometimes he moves on and it's something totally different. And it's kind of like, so some, actually, I have a note card somewhere with all these, like, follow-up scribbled questions that I'd ask him if I ever got the shot. And it's not going to make any sense whatsoever if that moment ever comes because it's all such a mess because they're from different points in time. But it's just fun for me to work through people. Of course, I find it frustrating because, like, if I did that, I won't do that to another show, per se, right? Like, But when, when it's random people asking the questions, I'll be like, oh, yeah, this this should be what comes next. And they're always like, ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Anyways, see, now I'm definitely going to get myself in trouble, but that's okay. So, now, now that we're past the U.S. election, thank goodness, well, mostly past, um, and we're starting around the corner into 2021, and the world starts to shift back to some normalcy at some point, how does that look for what you're trying to do then? Well, I... One of the things that I've been doing is doing a lot of research, not just because I want to grow my YouTube channel, which is the latest thing that I've been doing, but also how to continue getting out there. And this is something that I always tell my viewers, even my clients, never stop learning. So, I, like, right now I sign up for a couple of workshops. I know all the tricks, but who knows? Things change every single day. And now that we are approaching, like, the new year, if you Googled everywhere, basically, if you're not doing digital stuff, you're not going to go anywhere. So you need to be up to your game with the social media, be up to your game with your podcast, be up to your game with YouTube. So that's how I see myself doing it. I want to continue doing my YouTube and my yeah. social media. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a competitive time right now, first and foremost. Yeah. I, I think, I don't, I don't know if people realize that. Because because of COVID, a lot more people have joined the pool, so to speak. Good, bad, and indifferent. There's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff that has happened through this process on the internet. And of course, there's a lot of um, indifferent. And unfortunately, a lot of people out there who just like to hear their own voice and uh, are struggling and just. I don't want to say guiding people the wrong direction, but you can say that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> and, Ian, oh, boy, this, oh, you're really going to make me do this, aren't you? Um, I've seen a number, and it's been substantial in the last month for these courses. Not to say that you can't learn stuff, but this type of thing, buyer beware. How to make money off your podcast. You send me $400, 500 $600, $1,200. And I'll teach you how to make money for your podcast. That's why you need to be careful out there. That's yeah. why when I sign up for a couple of workshops, <laughs> there are free workshops out there. And yeah, that's I don't what ask I'm, you for anything in return. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. That's why I, I want to make sure we note that because, yeah, 1200 bucks, and here's how you make money for your podcast. Send a letter and get sponsors. Yeah. I made my money. <laughs> I mean, it's, or become <laughs> an ambassador on social media. Yeah, and I, but I, I think you have to also, again, like what you're doing, you have to build and know that you're not going to be the next um, whoever overnight. Unless exactly. You've, unless you've hey. done something really great. Well, listen, I've been doing it on my own. Like if I was actually listening to this video not too long ago. And if you're going to start doing social media or YouTube or podcasts, you need to learn your way how to make some profit out of it. How do you think you're going to survive? It's not just about the growth and the subscribers that you have, but if you don't make any profit and you don't want to go back to a, like a 9 to 5 whenever you can come back to work regularly, you got to figure it out some way, right? So one of a couple of brands, they approached me, for example, they made me an offer, I make a profit, and I will their products. Why not? But at the same time, you need to be smart while doing it. As an entrepreneur, I cannot be like on a bikini, for example, on social media, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, some, some people might be, oh, look, look at that. That's what I like. But no, I need to, to save my presence and, you know, or like in your case, like let's say that you have like different products that you use to do the podcast. You can get money by saying, oh, this is the, this items that I use, use this link. 
why not? It's extra profit. That's the only way to do it. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of great things out there. Now, I, I just was scrolling your website, and it, it hit me because I was making sure I've got everything that you do or possibly could do out there. And I see yeah, that you mentioned... Uh, yeah, I see the word events. Now, obviously, in the, the COVID era, that has changed. Yes. But are we going to ever go back to where we were with, like, full couple thousand people in vents? Or are we going to... Is that all going to change to a hybrid? I hate the word hybrid. I have, I'm going to start a swear jar for just the word hybrid because... Ugh. But, like, smaller, like, VIP-style in-person events and then have it beamed, beamed. How old are you, son? Beamed around the world. <laughs> like, so people, more people can have access but not have full access? Or am I just out there wishful thinking in, in 2024, like, this whole COVID thing will be a blip and we'll be back doing what we were doing before? Uh, to tell you a story, I have a client that they do a yearly event. It's a massive event that they do in LA. And it's actually around this time in November. And as my client, I help them out, you know, with the whole process of the printing materials that they need. And they reach out to me like a couple of months ago. Unfortunately, because of the situation, it's not going to happen. But they still have like other events that they want to keep it there, just waiting for the moment that, yes, we're going back to reality, to the, the old normal, not the new normal. They don't want to stay in the new normal. So I want to say that for now, it's just puffed. Like, it's just stopped for a moment, and then we're going to hit the button again to restart the whole thing. But a lot of people are doing, like, virtually, like you were saying, or hybrid conferences. I mean, it's not the same, but... Yeah, but I, I think there might be potential for my model. So maybe I should run out and trademark and copyright whenever that is and, you know, sell the really expensive VIP because I think there'd be something special there and then sell your mid-range and your low-range stuff to people around the world so they don't have to travel. I don't know how I could make that but, work. But there's something there. So anybody out there listening who's going to steal that idea, at least, you know, offer me one of those free low-range tickets so I can say, my idea works, it's great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um I know. I also now see this. This is where we're going to lose a bunch of people because I'm going to get really nerdy with you here for a second. I also noticed that you're in the websites now. Take you back almost 20 years um, when I learned how to do websites the old-fashioned way back, you know, on the dinosaur and code it in HTML and all this other stuff to now, where you know you I, I use WordPress and it just seems so much easier for anybody to get out there and do it now not saying that to disparage what you're doing. I'm just saying that to there's different levels of doing websites is where I'm headed with you. Because yes, anybody can throw up a website, but there you have to have intention and there's a lot more to it than just clicking type your name and hit and publish and there it is. Yes. Um I'm not a baby when it comes to website because that's why I have a team that does it for me but um, I do understand that when it comes to a website it has to be friendly in every single aspect when you have a website it's like your whole it's basically when you enter a building and you see this is my company and the first thing that they see is the front desk person so basically that's what it is that's a, that's a website so if you don't have it ready it's at end easily to be to navigate through and that you can have easy access for your audience to click on it then you're doing nothing believe it or not people check your website like i have my website that you're looking at right now and people enter it through google they enter it through through youtube and they see what i've been doing and they send me requests through there so it still works it's not just like about social media branding but i believe that for websites itself, if you don't put the effort and spend some money on it, you can lose a lot of audience. So the next the next question is, now again, I know you're not the web nerd that you know some people are, but <laughs> but you'll appreciate this question. Is there still value in the dot com? Right, because now you can get dot net dot org dot stream dot us dot info dot okay, anyways. 
People get the point, Jim. You don't need to go full-blown nerdy and show your nerdiness by listing them all off. So <laughs> so what, what do you well, think? Well, you're like... <laughs> <laughs> well, the dot com is familiar. It's been there for like since forever. I don't think it's going to die. But like you said, this savvy computer IT tech people might say differently. They might say, no, Net is better. I think network works better. I cannot tell you the behind story when it comes to that, but come on, dot com, everybody uses it. It's yeah. there. Yeah, I was gonna say that's kind of like the uh, Xerox of websites, right? You just know dot com, and everybody feels comfortable going to a dot com. Don't you feel weird sometimes that you need to type dot net instead of dot com? You're like, oh, I have to change it. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's kind of like. Well, what is it the dot com then? Or maybe that's just my nerdiness coming out again. Like, <laughs> like, why did this person buy the dot? Com? Oh, there's a bigger company with the same. Oh, that's kind of ugly. Oh. <laughs> Honestly, I think that that net is more for the IT companies because they know why they use it. We, as a regular people, we probably don't even know the difference. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, it, there's a. There's a bunch of different endings now. Well, like I have Mallard.stream and it takes you right to my audio stuff and that's great for like that, right? Because that yeah. works in the mind because you want to stream the audio and da 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 da. But if that was like my main website, I don't know if people would get it. Per se. I don't know. Yeah. That's just me. That's kind of the fun the fun part of my my the minor the the nuanced study that controls my life at times, but that's okay. Um I wanted to talk to you. I know this is something we haven't talked about, I'm pretty sure, but I wanted to talk to you about for a while. And that is new media, which is what podcasting and video is when it relates to advertising. Because obviously people are consuming more of both video and podcasting today. Yeah. More than yesterday. Like it's, it's, it's going up constantly. How hard is it for you to convince a company to go and say, hey, maybe you need to get into one of these new places because we'll just use this as an example. Um, you, you, you're, um, I'm thinking a lawn mowing service, but that's kind of ridiculous in this because that's so niche to a local area. But maybe they sell mower blades. Okay, so somebody that sells lawn mower blades, right? Compared to you know going out and trying to market to those people, if there's a I'm sure there's a great lawn mowing podcast. I should have did my homework on this. And reaching out to them or some YouTuber who does great mowing. I know this is all sounding ridiculous, but you understand the point of what I'm saying. Instead, <laughs> instead of uh, reaching out on – because a, a ad on in the newspaper for lawnmower blades reaches not the people who are trying to reach as connectedly. Is that what I'm trying to say here? Because, like – 90, 90% of people that look at a newspaper ad aren't going to have that feeling about that product, but for the same investment, if you go to the guy with the mowing podcast, his people are already engaged in that. So as that market changes, how does that look? I'm like, I'm excited about it being the podcaster because I know people are going to be interested in putting money into whatever this mess is that I do at some point. I shouldn't say whatever this mess is. There is, a, there is an organized pr- plan here in process, but... Sometimes it seems a little more chaotic than it has to be, but as we shift from traditional media to new media, how does that sit with you? I guess rambled on long enough. I'll let you. I'll shut up and let you talk for a few minutes. <laughs> well, it, the whole transition it might be difficult for some companies because, like you said, believe it or not, they might not think they need it, but you do. You need to upgrade yourself and be out there, like you were saying. Even if you have like a product, you're just Let's say that you have a storefront, right? And you sell, I don't know, pencils. Why would you have a social media platform or a YouTube video or a podcast? But if you start doing that and start talking about your product, the way that you handle the product, the way that you sell the product, how long have you been, like the whole story, it creates an identity and a different target. And they, and you can even sell it online. That's the whole combination. Like right now, you don't even need a store to actually sell any product. So it's the same thing. It works either way. My case, I'm offering services. In your case, you're already doing it as well because you have a podcast. But if you're not there yet, I tell you to start now. Yeah. It's the only way to do it. Yeah, and if you don't want to do it, you have to pour some money into somebody doing it so they can represent to you. To do it for you. Exactly. Yeah. Because Even there are like other 
I'm sorry to cut you off, but there are no. some platforms that they help you out as a brand to be there so other influencers can help you on social media to sell your product and you don't even have to be in front of the camera. And that's a great thing because I know, I know there are people who are camera shy, voice shy, who rather, and or and or, just don't want to put the time into it because eh, it's a fad. The internet, it's a fad. It'll pass. Now, <laughs> it will not. It's getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> and that's the other thing. You mentioned like being direct to consumer, right? So uh, you could sell your lawnmower blades directly without having to go to whatever store. You can yeah. aver- you could produce your own advertising. Like it's a great time. It's a simple time, but for people like you, it's it's great because a a lot of people don't know how, or b don't want to do it because it's it's time consuming. It, you have to do it right. You have to do it right. It's not just a matter of throwing having your <laughs> your seven year old kid run out with the, the iPhone and filming a picture of some grass getting cut and throwing it on YouTube and you're going to sell a million lawnmower blades. I don't know why I'm stuck on that one, but that's just where we're going. Um, there. <laughs> I'm there. That's, that's the moment. Maybe some farmer out there is listening to me going, that boy ain't right. But that's how... <laughs> 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 we already knew that. Um, no, it's just... Um, yeah. So there's all of that. There's the way of doing it. Either you pay a professional to do it for you to help you out with the social media because what we're just established, you're not you don't want to be in front of the camera. You don't know how to deal with anything. Or you can do it yourself. Other people they, they don't know how to do it, but they start like of course like I have clients that they come to me, Jennifer, can you give me like a workshop so I you can guide me through the whole process? And I do it. I do it for them. We do like a workshop, consultations, anything that you would like to do, I can help you out on that aspect. It doesn't have to be just, oh, let me, I don't have the money to, to sign in an influencer. Influencers or other people to do it for you can be expensive if you don't have the budget. But there are different ways and um, resources that you can find. And I, I often tell people that ask me about influencers, so you can either do one really big one or 10 smaller ones. I prefer the second option. So do I because you hit a bigger audience. Yeah, well, maybe even if it's the same, if you hit ten different audiences instead of one, different people, different strokes, you know, more more but content. Is, yeah. But this yeah. is the this is the thing. What about if you spend all the money into just one influencer, right? And then the ad didn't work. You just spent all the money, and it wasn't even worth it. But if you have ten, at least you have an opportunity that one of them is going to work. Yeah, and you and, get a bigger sell. Yeah, if one of them hits and just and works, you're done great. Exactly. I mean, it's just the margin of anything, right? And I, I think I know I've heard Gary talking about this of running different copy in different places, just constantly, like, "Hey, Pittsburgh, what's up?" And then targeting it to that, yeah. just because that works so much better. And it's just like, oh boy, that guy's so right, but so much work. <laughs> But again, you have to get out there and do it or pay somebody else to do it. I mean, call me. I'll do it for you. Okay. Right? Actually, we're there. And, I, you know, we've, we've talked around your business long enough. Um, before I forget, because I look at the clock and I see we have six minutes left, which scares oh. me to no end because oh, I know. Fast. Right? Like, I told you. I told you we'd start talking. And this is where it'd be. Right? It's not like what I told you. For no reason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but where I mean we've we've danced around it, but give me the website and the social stuff. You know, talk about yourself for a good minute here about where people can find you and all that fun stuff. Well, I am on Instagram as Jennifer Furbo and also as J Vision. Well, actually, it's J Vision Ad, and you can find me on Twitter as well as Jennifer Furbo or J Vision Ad. I have Facebook as well for both Jennifer Furbo Official and J Vision Advertising. And also, you can find me on LinkedIn as Jennifer Purple and J Vision Advertising. And of course, my YouTube channel called J Vision. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, don't forget to mention the YouTube channel because that's kind of the. Uh, that's my main thing. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't want to say that's your baby because obviously that isn't true. But I guess in this sense of the conversation, it is. Yeah? It right? is my baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you do two videos a week. Let's talk about this for a minute because I know. Again, this is what you do. You do Tuesdays at... 
Help me. Wednesdays and Fridays. Wednesdays and Fridays. I do Tuesdays. Of course. That's why Tuesday yeah. sticks in my head. Go ahead. So <laughs> um, you do different themes, though. So what, which, what are they? So people out there can... Yes, on Wednesday, I usually have a video premiere at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, which I want to talk about different products that we sell in the different aspects and the way that I see it and how it, I believe it works. But at the same time, I invite like my own clients. I talk about projects and any um, pitch stories that I have in, in the whole years of experience that I've been in doing advertising. And then on Fridays, I change it up a little bit and I have something more for like tips and strategies for people out there that are struggling at the same time that maybe they just don't know how to do it and I give like promotional and motivational um, videos tips and strategies like let's do this let's do that and help them out to get out there and as I always like like to speak as an entrepreneur that's how I see myself as an entrepreneur and I want to help other people to do it too and to guide them and with those videos you can learn a lot and that's what I'm so, so I've got to ask this because you know this is what I do, right? And everything I do is yeah. just live and off the cuff. And of course, I admitted to you that I spent 45 minutes before tonight's show working on approximately 30 seconds of audio. So, do the math on that. And um, so, when you do your videos, do you do them one and done, or do you sit there and do what I did tonight and just literally pick apart syllables until you got it? And it's not even going to be right when I did, so that's not even fair to say. But until you get it, until you're happy with it. Well, I have a system. I usually like to write my scripts beforehand. I use a teleprompter when I do my videos, and I because there's two videos a week. I usually like to shoot both of them at the same day, so I can concentrate first on the script, then on shooting. And then once all the shooting that I'm happy with the way that I did it, I probably do it like a couple of times each. To make sure that I have it this, the way that I wanted to get it out there and the way that I wanted to present it. And then I another day for editing to make sure that it's correct to choose the right scenes and to upload it on my YouTube channel and get it out there. <laughs> I mean, that, I know I've been kicking around doing more content because that's the name of the game, right? I think anybody out there who realizes that. So, but what is the question, obviously? How much, how, when, what. But anyways, that's a whole other discussion for some other time and some other place. I don't want to give away too much of this, um, you know, secret information. Not that any of it's <laughs> secret. I mean, I'll tell anybody who wants to listen to me about what I plan on doing with the show. But uh, anyways, <laughs> I don't like that. I, I usually like... have it on my videos, too. My strategy is out there. Yeah, like, I mean, obviously I've been doing the show almost... 10 years weekly at 9 p.m. Eastern. So that, that's kind of been the, the keys. It's consistency over time. I don't know how many people realize that. Like, it's just, you got to grind no matter what you're doing. Exactly. Because if it was easy, oh wait, it is easy and everybody's doing it. Now you have to work to get above all the easy people. Okay. Little change on the old life lesson there. (laughs) All you need to do is to put the effort inside doing it. Yeah, it, it's because I was talking to somebody about this today. Today, jeez, repeats. So long ago today, I was talking to somebody about how how it is so much easier to enter podcasting now than it was like when I started. Like the big problem was how do you host it? Now there's a bunch of sites and you can get in for free. Of course, buyer beware because they own the rights to your show. Mm-hmm. Beware because if you plan on selling it or doing something else down the road with it, they own it. So. You read always the, have to give credit to people. Yeah, read those terms of service a little bit closer for some people out there who think they're getting a good deal because you're not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> whoa, anyways, Jennifer, you, you are going to get me. I mean, I've got a minute left, thank goodness, because I'm pretty sure that if we had any more time, I'd be getting the inbox stuffed with things that I've I've said tonight. I don't know what, what you've done to bring it out in me, but I blame you completely for this. <laughs> No problem. I take the blame. <laughs> so, but hey, I, I do appreciate you, and I appreciate the, the conversations we've had on on tonight and off the air immensely. So, I look forward to continuing to talk to you going forward. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And as I look at the clock and I wind down here, I've got to remind everybody to visit Mallard.com and subscribe on your favorite podcasting apps and leave a review and all that fun stuff. 
I'm sure all of you understand that by now, so I don't have to sit here and tell you how to do it. You know to do it. You should do it. Share, like, review, all that fun stuff. Go over to Jennifer's channel and make sure you subscribe and uh, tell her that you heard her here because that'll make her happy and make her day and probably make my day too. So there's all that. So have a good evening, everybody. Welcome to Anthology of Heroes, the podcast that explores the most pivotal moments of history through the eyes of those who lived it. In this podcast, we don't spend our time recounting facts and dates. Instead, we follow in the footsteps of national heroes, kings, or ordinary people who lived and breathed the moments that shaped our world. We're not hemmed in by eras, borders, or religions. Instead, we seek out the tales of those who defied the odds and fought passionately for their beliefs. Whether they're right or wrong is up to you to decide. From Vercingetorix's doomed rebellion against Rome, to Osceola's unshakable war against the USA, all the way up to the inspiring Sobibor concentration camp uprising in World War II, each episode is an immersive listening experience, blending music and sound effects to really draw you into the story. Our episodes go for about 45 minutes, making them perfect for your commute, and are crafted using a wealth of historical sources, which I list on our website if you want to learn more. I'm the host, Elliot Gates, and I'm thrilled to have you joining me as we uncover history's hidden gems and illuminate the faded pages of our past. Look out for the Anthology of Heroes podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from.